Well-designed boundaries are an essential component of living a happy, healthy, and balanced life. Most of us won't argue with that. Yet, while we know how important boundaries are, they can still be pretty confusing. Sometimes it might seem like a shot in the dark. Maybe you didn't have healthy boundaries modeled for you. Maybe you didn't have healthy boundaries around you at all. And maybe you weren't encouraged to explore what a healthy boundary looks like. Or maybe you were never taught how to design a healthy boundary. If you're checking these off as I go, no shame, no judgment. I want you to know that you're not alone. In my personal and professional work in mental health, I've actually come to believe that you're in the majority. Even when we have our best interests in mind, not knowing what a healthy boundary looks like can stand in the way of our ability to form them. And before we know it, we may fall into trap after trap, and sometimes we may not even notice that. I think we can do something about that. If we know the traps, we can empower ourselves to steer clear from them. So let's try to do that. In this episode, we're going to explore five common mistakes that get in the way of designing healthy boundaries. Hi, I'm Dr. Shana. I'm a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate, and I would like to wish you a warm welcome to the mental wellness practice. This is a place for you to learn about mental health, including key statistics, tips, and skills to help you cultivate mental well-being for yourself and for others too. We all have mental health, and if we all felt empowered to improve our mental wellness, I truly believe the world could be a better place. So I created this space for you to access that opportunity. I hope that you're able to take away practical information from this episode and use it to plant seeds for the future. If you appreciate what you hear, follow, like, leave a comment, or share this episode with a loved one. For more free educational content, feel free to connect on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Shana. You can also check out the show notes for additional resources. What we cover in this episode in particular is just a sliver of what's covered in my newest release, Designing Healthy Boundaries. So if you find this episode helpful and are ready to take the next step and steps in the design process, that practical guide will help you do just that. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and if you're struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. If you have any questions, you're welcome to contact me at drshana.com. Thanks for learning and growing with me. Number one, overlooking the importance of boundaries. Now I recognize that by even tuning in right now, you probably have a hunch that boundaries are important. Maybe from experiencing things either directly or indirectly, perhaps over time, you don't doubt it. And you might have that awareness right now. But have you always? A lot of times we might get to this juncture that we know, yeah, boundaries are important. But it's important to recognize that many of us have a past history, maybe many past chapters, that we didn't see boundaries as important. And that's not necessarily any fault of our own. We didn't know any better. So we were already overlooking and then falling into traps. Of course, if you don't know what's important, then you don't know that you need to invest in something that's important. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Now, 
many of us get to this juncture that we don't deny that boundaries are important yet still we might miss the mark we may recognize boundaries matter but we don't spend the amount of time and energy that is needed in the process the reality is that healthy boundaries require a substantial amount of time and energy especially at the onset sure boundaries can become easier over time but especially in the beginning when we're starting to infuse intentionality and be conscientious about designing healthy boundaries not just boundaries not haphazard boundaries but healthy ones it can be quite an adjustment listen i really wish i could tell you that boundaries are simple clear easy all it is is about thinking about what you need right now saying what you need right now and that's it Whew, i mean even selfishly i wish that were the truth but i can't lie to you about that that is not the case it's also misleading and that thought process can cause us to overlook the importance of boundaries a major mistake is when we get to the boundary setting process and we don't realize how essential boundaries are to our well-being we then do not invest the adequate time energy that meets that value because we're not meeting the value at all so remember boundaries are essential to our well-being and in order to not overlook the importance of boundaries, we need to offer ourselves the moment to pause, step back, reflect, and invest. Number two, setting and letting. A common mistake that oversimplifies and hinders boundaries is seeing boundary design as synonymous with boundary setting. This creates a set it and forget about it habit that can be really unhelpful, at least potentially dangerous at worst. We recognize that boundaries are important, so we work to create them. But sometimes we may fail to recognize that the process goes far beyond creation. Boundary setting is only one part of the process. Yet every time I hear folks talk about boundaries, many times it's about solely the setting aspect. If we adopt the set it and let it method, that causes us to be inconsistent. We may, we may not pay attention to what we're doing after the boundary is set, and then we run the risk of sending mixed messages. If you're not scaffolding your boundary over time, your structure can become weakened. Take for example, let's say you set a boundary with your social support system for folks to not make any body commentary. You may, maybe you elaborate on it, maybe you don't. This episode is not about how to do that, but let's just say that boundary is created. And maybe we'll come back to the setting and how to in another episode. But so the boundary set, and then if you just let it, then it can disintegrate over time. For example, say you start to make disparaging comments about your body, maybe even in jest or humor sometimes, or maybe you start to make comments about other people. You could see how these contradictions could be confusing. What exactly is the boundary? What's the limit of the boundary? What's the extent in which the boundary is important to you? Is it important to you? 
if it's important to you, why not respect if it might be important to other people? Lots of confusing elements. And we may miss all of that if all we do is just set it and let it. Also, even the strongest of boundaries tend to erode. I think a lot of times why we only focus on setting is because we place a lot of emphasis and we think if I put a lot of this time into creating the best boundary for me, then I've done the work. And I see the logic there. And some of it is accurate. If you spend ample time adequately reflecting on the quality of your boundary at the setting phase, it can make the rest of the process, whether it is in the assertion phase or the healing phase, can make all of that much easier for sure. But even the best of boundaries may warrant changing over time. And that's natural and normal. Most of us don't purchase a car thinking I will never ever have to do any work to this car ever. No oil changes. I don't need to put gas or I don't need to plug it in. Whatever type of vehicle you're preferring for this hypothetical example, I don't need to do anything to this vehicle because it's going to last me for forever. No. And boundaries are also like that. You create the boundary. You do want something sturdy at the onset, but just letting it and neglecting it, that actually causes you to stand in your own way. So in addition to setting boundaries, it's essential that we allocate ample energy towards maintaining them. Gaining the full benefit of the overall process calls for setting aside ample time to reflect on the boundary and revisit it over time. Number three, externalizing boundaries. When we think about boundaries, we often think about interpersonal boundaries. And of course, interpersonal boundaries are a part of the healthy boundary design process. But it's important to note that, number one, all boundaries in our lives trickle down and affect us at a personal level. And number two, interpersonal boundaries start with the boundaries we make ourselves. We often focus on who honors our boundaries and forget that we are a part of that question. Are we abiding by our own boundaries? Think back to the example I offered you a few minutes ago. I have seen this innocent mistake happen time and time again. We become so hyper-focused on other people and the boundary that we created that we realize when they're bombarding our boundaries, but we might not even catch when we are bombarding our own boundaries. Sometimes we do that first. I would say actually many times we do that first. And sometimes we bombard our boundaries with such aggression, many times worse than other people. Not always, but many times. We may hold the double standard of expecting others to honor the exact guidelines that we habitually overlook. If you don't take the time to work on your personal boundaries, your efforts in interpersonal boundaries may falter, which could make your whole boundary design process hindered. Number four, neglecting self-love. Many times the reason that others don't or can't successfully honor our boundaries is because we haven't done the same for ourselves. Sometimes this starts by not even knowing what our boundaries are and why they're important. These details are key to understanding who we are and how we exist in the world. 
when we don't invest time to know ourselves, not only are we inevitably vulnerable to triggers, but we're also less likely to be able to offer ourselves preventative protection, timely intervention, or compassionate care when friction occurs. We need boundaries for all healthy relationships. And that starts with the one we have with ourselves. When we foster self-love, we honor our intrinsic worth and are able to better accurately assess and assert boundaries. In turn, we're able to heal through the boundary process as well. This includes both the boundaries that we set for ourselves and the boundaries we have with ourselves. Self-love helps with the foundational recognition that you're worthy of having boundaries. It allows you to visualize the life that you're capable of having with genuine dedication to the boundary design journey. Self-love assists you in exploring and honoring your true self as you reflect on where boundaries are needed and what they must look like in order to be effective. Number five, overusing boundaries as a system of defense. Boundaries are essential. And if you've gotten by without designing them, then you've been lucky because you need boundaries at one point or another. So when you don't invest in them proactively, this sets up the context for boundaries to become impulsive, reactive, and even aggressive. If we don't have healthy boundaries, we can fall into the trap of utilizing boundaries as a defense system, even when we're not necessarily aggressive by nature. Let's look at the other side of the spectrum for a moment. Having a naive yet seemingly pacifistic laissez-faire method to boundaries can actually cause us to be more impulsive and hostile. When the need arises, then the pendulum has to swing so far to the opposite end to compensate. If we lack healthy boundaries at times when we feel exposed, vulnerable, and even desperate in a futile attempt to protect ourselves, we may impulsively assert haphazard boundaries despite our better intentions. Say you start to notice someone in your social circle tends to make remarks that cross the line. Perhaps you avoid saying something out of fear. You don't want to be perceived as overly sensitive and you just hope that it simply ceases. However, saying nothing can be received as condoning those remarks. Without saying anything, it's up for interpretation that you might not have a boundary there or that it's a mild one, even if that doesn't align with your truth. Over time, this unchecked commentary could wear you down. And before you know it, you lash out with a regrettable rebuttal that shocks your entire circle, most notably yourself. Sometimes we don't see boundaries as simply beneficial we see them as paramount. This dire need simply causes us to misinterpret that the boundary must be blatantly obvious to others. However, if that demarcation isn't clear, it's likely to be crossed at one point or another. And you might be catching on here, since the boundary is in fact very important to you, a breach can be seen as an attack and can provoke aggression. When we neglect boundaries, we create a pattern of needing them desperately, and then boundaries tend to seem fierce or forceful. In turn, we may avoid creating boundaries with others due to the fear of how that action may be received. 
and how we will be received. With this in mind, we may worry that discussing boundaries can cause us to seem unkind, selfish, and even rude. Boundary setting is often seen as a one-directional, interpersonal process. Because we don't usually perceive boundary establishment as a cooperative venture, an oppositional dynamic begins to surface. We can develop tunnel vision trying to protect ourselves rather than considering how all parties involved can offer mutual respect. Without realizing it, we may villainize the person we're trying to establish a boundary with, and we may unnecessarily increase the rigidity and even the force in which a boundary is established. And all of that energy can hinder our original intention of the boundary altogether. When we feel threatened, it's a natural human response to protect ourselves. When we go into fight or flight mode, our bodies prioritize our immediate survival over problem solving and logic. Therefore, in order to not slip into this defensive stance, we need to try to work proactively to invest in collaborative boundaries. So when we use a proactive, positive perspective, we buffer the opportunity or the risk in slipping into more of a defensive stance. Instead of seeing boundaries as a method of keeping people out, we can see them as an opportunity to deepen connections and let people in. Now, of course, this isn't always an option, but you might be surprised at the opportunities that exist that you may have overlooked in the past. Something I started offering when I set a boundary or when someone sets a boundary with me specifically is that I offer my gratitude to them. Thank you for telling me that you're experiencing a lot of challenge in your schedule today and you can't meet with me as you had originally planned. Thank you for letting me know you don't feel comfortable with person X being invited to the same event. Having that information helps me to be a better colleague, friend, you fill in the blank. With interpersonal boundaries, communicating what you need provides an opportunity for others to better understand and care for you. In turn, as others let their guards down, they may share reciprocal boundaries that you can offer mutual respect. Even in times that friction might arise, a collaborative foundation allows us to weather the ripples, cultivate kindness, and consider the healthiest Helpfiest is when you're trying to combine helpful and healthiest. Fun fact, side note, I just continue to create words here. Anyway, consider the healthiest options to pursue. (laughs) Now let's talk about how you can put the awareness of these common mistakes into practice. Maybe you've been listening and you've already been doing this mental checklist, paying attention to boundaries that you've been involved in, maybe ones you've created, maybe ones that others have created for you or with you, and you realize that you've made some of these mistakes. No shame or judgment there. These are really common mistakes. I've made them myself. We don't know what we don't know, but now you do know. So first of all, that humble recognition is a really important zone that you can then use to walk through to design healthier boundaries. 
So if you haven't already been reflecting, it might be an opportunity for you to, to pause, look back or listen back at the different mistakes and consider what experiences you may have had. Now, I know being focused on the mistakes, you may think, okay, I check this off. I've made this mistake. However, I want you to think about the opposite as well. So if you have the opportunity to kind of create on a piece of paper, on a tablet, what have you, two columns, going through the checklist, consider some examples of the times that you have made these mistakes and that there may be times that you didn't make these mistakes. So thinking arbitrarily, when was a time that you didn't create a boundary out of a place of defensiveness? When did you use collaboration instead? I want you to not just look at this list as, let me look at all the things that I've done wrong or done bad and I have to grow from. I do want you to have that growth-oriented mindset, yet I also want you to give yourself credit. You've probably been doing better than you realize, but sometimes when we start to focus in, just pure negativity bias, right? We're looking at all the things that, oh gosh, I've done this wrong. And sometimes we forget that you've probably done a lot right too. Knowing the difference between the two can be really helpful. So if you have these two columns, you're going to end up with examples of unhealthy boundaries or unhealthy emotion, not emotions, unhealthy thoughts, beliefs, experiences around unhealthy boundary setting. Yet you'll also experience the opposite. And you might start to notice now, I do mean emotion here, <laughs> emotions that come up when you're making healthier boundaries. Who's involved when you've made healthier boundaries? What types of thoughts you've had? Um, how were those boundaries communicated and forced? And where are all those boundaries at today? So seeing both sides can be really helpful. On the one hand, one hand, what is that word? On the one hand, whew, English is hard. You might see all the things that may highlight areas that you have to grow. And on the other, you may see puzzle pieces that you can use in those areas for growth. So this is one of the reasons why I need to start using video platform because you cannot see my hands moving here, but I have my left hand I'm using for the unhealthy experiences, my right hand for the healthy experiences, and I am grabbing with my right hand and placing it on my left hand. We can infuse that. We can use the areas that you have already had healthy components to then help you along that process. Now, is that it? Absolutely not. This is just the beginning. I appreciate the courage you've had to look at your boundaries, to humbly admit the times that they may not have been the best, and to keep your mind and heart open to how you can grow. I really appreciate that from you. And it's only the beginning. The process of healthy boundary design only starts with reflection and it goes way far beyond there. Of course, the next step is more of creating and asserting, but it's also about healing through the entire process as it's an ongoing process, no matter how healthy and accurate the boundary is today. So if you are looking to get further into that journey, you might wanna check out the show notes because the sliver of what we covered today continues deeply 
in my newest book, Designing Healthy Boundaries. So if you're eager to do just that, I hope that that resource is helpful for you. Today, we explored common mistakes that may be getting in the way of designing healthy boundaries. By listening, you opened your mind and heart to new opportunities for boundary creation that can benefit not just you, but those around you too. So thank you so much for playing your part. I hope that you found this episode helpful. And if so, don't forget to follow, like, leave a comment, or share this episode with a loved one. For more free educational mental wellness content, feel free to connect on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Shana. You can also check out the show notes for additional resources. And remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. And if you're struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out at drshana.com. Thanks for learning and growing with me.